Um, All right, one more time around the block. One more time around the block. One more time for for old times, good times, smoke times. Mm. It's time. <laughs> it's it time. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to On Your Mental. This is the podcast that has shared over the last two and a half years candid, open, and sometimes vulnerable conversations. For the last time, I'm one of your co-hosts, Ruben. For the last time, my name is Kabir. <laughs> we got it right, and we're That's good. <laughs> um, for for those of you who follow us on Instagram, you will know that this is our last episode. Uh, we talked about this coming out. Uh, we've come to the decision that it's just time to to end this this chapter mm-hmm. in our lives, and in turn, ending this this podcast. This intro is going to be a little bit longer than usual, and you'll see in the title that we have a very special guest who we're honored to have here, which is my mom, Ooh. who is the capstone to this this whole thing, this thing we call on your mental. Um, really happy that I got to have my mom here and, and share a conversation with myself and Kabir, which is just really cool. It was dope. It was very, very cool. Um, thanks, mom. Love you. And before we get started with the episode... We just want to highlight some things about what this journey has kind of looked like and what On Your Mental has done over the last two and a half years. And I want to start with sharing some some facts, some stats that I think are pretty cool to think about. And then we're also going to take a moment to thank every single person individually that cool. came on this podcast because without all of you, this would not exist. It just simply couldn't have we needed someone to talk to and people who were willing to come and talk right yeah but let me share some stats and cabs i haven't i haven't said these to you but in the last two and a half years since we have run this podcast there have been eighty-eight thousand two hundred and seventy-two downloads of the podcast wow that's a pretty good amount across all the platforms you know yeah. uh we still we've got a five-star rating on Spotify, maintained. 5.0, maintained in two and a half years. On a roll. And that is from, <laughs> yeah, that's from listeners in all sorts of countries. And to name a few, the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, Norway, Belgium, Netherlands, Brazil, India, even one listener in Guatemala. That's fucking <laughs> And dope. many, many more. We had, over the last two and a half years, a total of 87 episodes. This will be the 88th, 4,780 minutes. That is 80 hours of conversation that we have shared getting into topics surrounding mental health. And I think that that is 80 hours of really good work and so many more hours behind the scenes, putting it all together, getting it planned, ready to go. And now I want to say thank yous. Mm-hmm. We want to say thank yous mm-hmm. to all of our guests I'm going to name them all. So this is longer than usual. Shut up and take it. Hit him with it. Jesse Beavis, Joe Levi. I can never do it. Levi? Levi. Joseph Levi. Levi. It's got it. Whatever. Joe Levi. God. Jesse Dawson, Evan Shaw, Ben Fan, Brandon Beavis, JJ Abad, Sebastian Romo, Devin Pierre, Janelle Pimentel, Leroy. I think we weren't using the last name because it's Leroy. Megan G, Alex Murga, Alan Josen, Nathan Leung, Alex Noseworthy, Shandy Dabu, Troy Arndt, Christine Fan, Louise Rafael, Jeff Yu, multiple time repeat guest, special shout out to Jeff, he's just here so many times, uh, Tasha Teal, Devin Fleming, Mitch Hermanson from November, shout out to Mitch, 
It also introduced us to some really cool people, and I love what they do with Movember. So mm-hmm. shout out to Mitch, James Klein, Ryan Cash, Ivan DeChavez, Derek Girard, Jamar Vicente, Gloria Shu, friend of Jeff coming by the podcast, Fanny Chu, this is Evan's girlfriend, uh, Banana Boys, Andrew Lee and Jaden Lee, David Shee, Aziza Catter. Shout out to Aziza was our last guest before this episode. Aziz brah. Aziz brah. Uh, the Life of Given Boys, Parth and Shazzle came by, Dennis Wong, Jazz Paul Sidhu, Sherman Chong, Tim Butler, Connor Emony, Ryan Ewart, Sarah Perry, Jessa White, Matthew Hoogveld, John Olive, and then today, last but not least, my mom. So we hope you all have enjoyed the last two and a half years. We're happy that you came along for the ride. And uh, as bittersweet as it is to put an end to this thing, uh, we are very proud of what this has become. Mm-hmm. We are constantly reminded by all of you who have reached out and said such sweet things about the fact that this did matter and it was an important thing to put out into the world. And we hope you all enjoy this final conversation. We'll talk to you in a second. Peace. See ya. I fucking love it, man. Nice. Ah, that's it. You're off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> Now I feel like I'm, you know, this yeah. is the worst interview of one's life. <laughs> what job am I getting again? <laughs> the stressed one. Yeah. It's strange doing the last episode, but at the same time, I'm really happy that it's with you, Mom. So welcome to On Your Mental. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, honey. Yeah. And I, I think that, and Kabir, you can give me your thoughts on it or not, but Thanks, I honey. feel that, <laughs> I feel that this is the to me the best way to wrap up the podcast is having you here mom well i'm honored yeah i'm yeah. honored i'm yeah. honored to have you yeah <laughs> we're honored we're all we're sitting all here honored, honored. <laughs> that's enough then it's a wrap yeah <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up um yeah like we we when we decided that we were going to do the last one and then kabir and i at first it was just going to be the two of us and like that would have been fine too mm-hmm. but i think that this is a nice little little special end to it yeah. i have to give credit where credit is due for the idea it came from sheila my cousin um your niece and uh she had jokingly said you said you were gonna have your mom on and you never did when she saw that i was announcing we were done with this and then that was a a little click a funny idea of okay well maybe why not i know it did cross my mind too because you were going to do this in italy when we yes. were away. And then we didn't do it because there was just never the right place yeah. in time or whatever. Did so they I bring my gear? You did bring some of it. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, not all of it, but, you know, a camera or two or whatever. Yeah. 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 And the mics and, yeah. Something you brought with you. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. But no, we, we ended up, I just didn't feel right. That was a wonderful trip, but I didn't, didn't feel right to force a podcast out. And then we were going to maybe do it for a Mother's Day. I remember mm-hmm. that too. We were trying to set it up. Anyways, we're, we're doing it now. Okay. We're doing it now. Okay. And uh, two and a half years, two and a half years, we have been doing this thing. And I just wanted to start off this episode with getting our thoughts of how it's felt in like the last two and a half years. Maybe you, Cabs, especially. Like, mm. what has it felt like being able to do the podcast and having this be part of your life? Because for me, it's been special and I'll talk about it. But yeah. I want to know your thoughts. No, it's definitely. Uh, special it's something like i'd never expect to be a part of Mm -hmm. 
like we were just talking about, I'm more of a thinker. I'm not a sayer. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm observant, but I'm not vocal. So something like this, where I'm constantly, we're constantly talking and expressing our emotions. It's been something very interesting to be a part of, very special. And mm-hmm. I'm like super proud of mm-hmm. what it's become and like both of our journeys along the way. And yeah. yeah, how I've grown throughout this too. Yeah. That's what it means to me. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. guys should be proud. Yeah. I think you've done a great job. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it too. There's, and I think like the, the pride part is the biggest part for me when I think of it ending. I think like the, like the ending part is like sad in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like it is, it is bittersweet to, to say goodbye or put a, put a stop to what this has been, but I am really proud of doing it and it's it's cool to think of having created this space and mom you and i we were when we were walking just the other day we were talking about keeping all the episodes mm-hmm. right and it's kind of cool too it's like a, it's like a little time capsule of mm-hmm. of so much of us like yeah. you yeah. and i and all of our friends and like at any point i could look back at these Right. We could we could look back and listen back and think like, oh, cool. Like that was what our lives were like at mm-hmm. at 25, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. You know, it's pretty neat. Pretty I think neat. it was pretty cool how like you were able to integrate our friends into this. Mm. And like <clears throat> it was fun, but like also, you know, we were on topic the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was it, <laughs> we never really had those serious conversations with our friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. It's nice that it created a space for it. I think that's the like that was the the intention behind it, mm-hmm. right? Is I've always felt like I could be open with all of you as friends. I've always felt like I could be open with you, mom, about whatever is in my life. And knowing that that is like a special feeling for me is is kind of like why creating the podcast even made sense. Like that was the the root of it, you know. And to try and take a piece of what we have with our friends because yes we don't necessarily have like deep formal conversations like this Mm -hmm. and like make time for it but the conversations do come up right Mm -hmm. like they do happen organically but then to try and create something that represents that like i'm I'm proud of what we did with it yeah yeah Yeah. it gave you an avenue right yeah to talk about various things that they might not have thought about otherwise particularly so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, that you just wouldn't have taken the time to to put thought into it. Yeah. 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 How about um, you, Mom? Seeing me do this for two and a half years, I know, how did how did you amazing. feel about seeing it? Yeah. Well, well, I th- I, th- I say that it's honor. I'm honored, right? But it's like you don't get to see your kids sort of working, mm. you know. Um, not that this is your work, but this is like that, right? And it's like I didn't know you had this in you. I didn't know. Well, first of all, I don't know how you know how to even do this mm-hmm. or how to set it up or what equipment to have or how to edit it or any of those kinds of things, I still right? don't know. Pardon? <laughs> I said, I still don't know either. Yeah. It's, it's all just a mystery to me and the, you know, the whole notion of a podcast. And, you know, I see on TV podcasts are advertised for various things, right? And I think they've got a whole bloody production team, right? They don't mm-hmm. just have solo guy doing it all himself, you know? Yeah. And then I've been so impressed with the guests that you've gotten and how you've approached them and the questions you've asked and their willingness to participate. And you have such ease, it seems, with talking to people. I think, where'd you get that from? Like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, being able to just 
integrate the information that they provide, pull it all together at the end of the session, that kind of thing. Mm. Still laughing throughout the whole thing, not forgetting the kinds of questions you had developed in the first place. Yeah, I I just sit back in wonder and, and it's like, when do you get an opportunity to really see your kids doing something? You know, once they mm. become adults, you know, and unless they're performers of some kind, but right, because that's like it's it's a very private part of life. If you think of work, mm-hmm. right, in, in mm-hmm. that aspect, I, yeah, yeah. Like if I were just doing a job, like it would just be we catch up and we talk, and that's yeah. it. But yeah. then to see it in the in the moment in this yeah. product mm. of creativity. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, and I know you struggle with the whole question of what is creativity, right? Mm. This is creativity. I mean, mm. yeah, and you definitely have something to show for it. You have a block of work that you can mm. point to, and I was afraid that it just would disappear when you no longer create it, because what do I know about podcasts? But yeah. Anyways. Yeah, my mom was saying, it's like, what is it not just disappear off YouTube once you're done? It's just all gone? I'm like, no, they yeah, stay. Like, they all stay. But then I was reminding him that, you know, years ago you had to – you know, put things on a thumb drive. Well, who does <laughs> right. that anymore? You on put a it on disc. floppy disk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you put it on a CD-ROM, and you know somebody had to have a burner to actually put it on your yeah. CD-ROM mm-hmm. for you, right? And and then it, all the technology changed, and you couldn't even hook those things up yep. today. So I don't know what people did with all the stuff they recorded a million years ago. Let's talk eight track. Yes. <laughs> 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 In case it wasn't clear, my mom's dating herself now. <laughs> I yeah. think it's clear you've mentioned it a million times. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I feel like there have been times on the podcast, like unintentionally slighting my mother. I didn't, I didn't do that. You know? I didn't know LOL had to all be capitalized. Like, <laughs> yeah. WTF, is that capitalized too? Like, I don't right. know, right? right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of the t- last two and a half years. And I'm and rightly so. Thank you, thank you. And there's like obviously a piece of like I did this for me, but so many times I came to you and would would ask you your thoughts on things and would want you to be proud of it too. Like I wanted I to am, show you yeah, everything, yeah, and so I'm yeah. happy that you were too throughout yeah. throughout all of it. When you think of me going through this process, do you feel like you and I? in the last two and a half years, whether it was because of the podcast or not, do you feel like our relationship has changed? Because I feel like it has, and I feel like it's grown. And you touched on it with the fact that you said, um, like you don't see your kids work. Mm -hmm. That made me start to think of what I have been more and more present of or more conscious of, um, and I've talked about it on many episodes, which is that you you reach a point where you're more of a peer with your parent than you are just the kid. Mm. Do you feel like that has like evolved into that at all yes and no like Mm. i think yeah because obviously you've matured you're an adult you had to leave home in the middle of a pandemic like what the heck (laughs) Um, (laughs) fuck off man (laughs) sorry ma (laughs) but uh yeah i think that that um you can see that you've matured and developed and grown and all those kinds of things. And, and the, the experiences that you've had partly through this podcast too has sort of broadened all of that. Mm. The, but at the same time, I don't think you really said get it until you are a parent. You will always just be my kid, you know, <laughs> like, yes, we can relate on an adult level, but still push comes to shove. I'm your mom, you're my kid. You know what I mean? It's right. sort of yeah. different. You won't feel about any other adult the way you feel about your parent. That's true. I can understand that right. perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I won't feel about any other adult the way I feel about my, my child. Right. Who is now an adult. An adult. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you wear both 
mm-hmm. parts at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I do, I feel like, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like we do, like, we can talk to each other differently now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder how much of it is, like, getting more of a broad perspective on, on life through having so many of these conversations, too. Maybe yeah. that has allowed me yeah. to, to relate to even more of, like, your experience somehow. I don't know. But so many times after an episode, I'm talking to you about it. Right. Right. And right. whether it was a, a thought that came about or just something someone said, like I'll be able to talk about that with you. And that, that to me has been such a, a cool thing mm-hmm. to have, you know, well, it's, it's like it provides topics too. Yeah. In a way, right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, about things that, as you say, you and your friends don't sit around and talk about this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But this has given you a vehicle for doing some of that. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's encouraged more of that to happen in those sort of, quiet run vacation moments or something hanging mm-hmm. out together yeah. as opposed to we're all just living our busy lives and nobody's talking about some of this stuff but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's giving you a, a way a means of doing some of that discussing and learning more i mean i'm been so surprised at the depth of some of the responses of like i knew these kids yeah <laughs> i yeah. knew them sitting around the like breakfast friends, table yeah. after a sleepover eating you know Pancakes, Pancakes. yeah. <laughs> but it's like I hadn't any idea that this is how they'd start to think as an mm-hmm. adult, or this is what was important to them, or you know, some of them just seemed kind of kind of dorky kind of kids, kind of <laughs> you know. And they've really developed and matured and have are thoughtful. I've been surprised at the thoughtfulness of some of the boys. Right? Yeah. It's just, and they're not boys; they're men, but. Yeah. But you but you see them as the boys too. That's the other yeah. thing, I guess. Like when you think of me as always being your son, mm-hmm. like these are always the boys because they're always just your son's friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like they were there as kids. Yeah. You're right at, yeah. at our home, yeah. and yeah, and they didn't appear to have any kind of depth of thought whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they could. <laughs> they still do sometimes. <laughs> Suck it, Troy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well i was thinking of aj because yeah i remember an episode with aj was on and it was just like wow aj mm-hmm. like i was so impressed with this his thinking and how he expressed himself and i remember after the episode came out you said that yeah you said because like you never hear him talk no he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was just there yeah yeah <laughs> nothing much to him right mm-hmm. it seemed as a you know, 14 year old or whatever, Mm -hmm. 15 year old, you know, he, like, that's another thing that's been so cool with doing this is that we've seen our friends change over time too. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree. Like AJ to me was always a quiet person too. Yeah. Especially like back in high school, definitely a quiet guy, you know, like he didn't speak unless he needed to speak. Like Mm -hmm. he wasn't just talking for the sake of talking. And so it was cool to have him sit down here and have some pretty thoughtful conversation with us, you know? And there, there's a brain there. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> AJ, I love you. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Were there any other, like, when you think of the relationships with my friends and you think of, like, how you know them, anything else that kind of caught you by surprise when you saw conversations with us on here? Well, sometimes some of them seemed like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. That's an old... <laughs> Seb. <laughs> yeah, an old behavior. <laughs> That's an old pattern, right? He doesn't... He's, he's a... Uh, very private person. He doesn't mm-hmm. expose himself easily, right? Yes. And so you're you're going to have to fish a long time or <laughs> fish alone to get mm-hmm. things out of him, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the way he strikes me. And he still wasn't that forthcoming on the podcast, right? He 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 plays the role of detractor better than he plays the role of let's focus and talk <laughs> yeah. about this serious yeah. topic, right? So, let's joke. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. How about calves? Yeah, well, I, that you've definitely grown, right? Because mm-hmm. you never mm-hmm. used to, like, even at the beginning of the podcast, it's yeah. like, hello, hello, is he there? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and that has grown and flourished as as you become obviously more comfortable mm-hmm. and, you know, willing to participate because clearly you're here every session and there's been quite mm-hmm. a few of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you've really opened up too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All it took was showing up. Yeah. I, keep, I always <laughs> yeah. joked about it and just all I do is show up. Yeah. But that's huge for me, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like that can apply to like so much of life. It's just like um, consistency, right? Yeah. It's, it's consistency and presence. I'm thinking about that now with um, my partner's niece. Knowing her in the past, right? A couple of years ago, I was around her a lot more frequently. And then there was a period of time where we weren't together. And then now I'm seeing her again. Now she's like grown up a couple of years more. And it's like, like she doesn't quite feel that level of comfort that there was before. Like she used to like really like hanging out with me, you know, mm-hmm. and now it's like a bit of uh, like cautiousness. But I think that it is just a matter of presence. And I think that presence and consistency in that like leads to change in behavior, mm-hmm. you know, like you being consistently here cabs and like just being present led to a change in behavior and to you. Like I saw it so much. You participate so much more in the conversation. You plan some episodes, you know, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. bring yeah. some people you in. Like, questions yeah, in. yeah. And you made things, really yeah. good questions whenever yeah. you did. And I yeah. fucking love that. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, just showing up, I think makes such a big difference to a lot of things in life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause it can be something that you're, like for me, this was uncomfortable <clears throat> to do at the start. Mm-hmm. A little bit uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. now it's become comfortable just right. just by showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah. gonna say something? Yeah. Well, I was gonna <laughs> say in terms of of little Mia, right? Mm-hmm. She's also matured in terms of being more discerning. When yes. you're little, go to the next person. Go to the next person. It doesn't sort of matter. You can just go to any person. But she's aged a little bit. She's got a couple of years on her, and now she's going to check out people a little bit more, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's all part of growing up, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, now I feel like I'm a foreigner over there, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I don't belong. Like, this guy's a weirdo. Get him out of here. Um, yeah, I think that our relationships with our friends, our relationship with each other has evolved, and I think it's all been positive. Mm-hmm. Um that's one piece I think is interesting. How are you going to keep this? I've thought about that. Yeah. How are you going to keep this openness? How are you going to keep this dialogue? Mm. How are you going to keep this relationship? Mm-hmm. Between you and I, like, I think I was saying to you, I feel like I could make like more of a consistent effort. Like we can still see each other like yeah, once yeah. a week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just treat it as like podcast time, but it's yeah. not, Yeah. you know, now we can just yeah. come over, hang out for a bit or something. Sure. Yeah. But I, I have a I, list of questions prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just practice. We'll just turn on the audio for anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just record from the phone. Yeah. Something cool comes up. No, um, yeah, I feel like I'd want to still see you often. That's the thing. It's like a, like a part of the, the bittersweet or like sadness of letting this go is like a, a, a thought that I think would be unavoidable would be like, well, what am I, am I not going to see you as often? Right. I mean, like, you know, like the, the obligation isn't really there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't have to anymore. Right. As much now. as I love seeing you. Yeah. And we love and we have, have fun together. Yeah. If we're, like, I know there's like a laziness in me is like, oh, I don't really have to be yeah. there anymore. Yeah. But 
You He's know. not that important to me. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there's different kinds of, I was talking about this with Jeff, who of course has been on the podcast many times. He was very disappointed when I told him that we weren't going to be doing any more episodes because he was going to come back and tell us about mm-hmm. his trip to, uh, I think he went to Vietnam and then he right. went to EDC and all this stuff. And he was going to tell us all about it, but he can tell us in person. doesn't matter, but he was disappointed. But I was talking to him and it's like, I think there's different types of um, friends and in this case, two categories, people that need to be invited, people that will invite. Mm. I need to be invited. Mm. I, I'm rarely going to be the one to initiate something, Yeah, I think but you're be. also not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. means we're just not going to invite. Um, I, I wonder if with, um, with Seb moving in, right? Because right. he's going to be joining. I wonder if that'll spur things on. Well, to, you're to throwing a wild by. card into the house. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A wild card. <laughs> he'll do the inviting he'll get people over here oh he'll get people over (laughs) (laughs) who those people are i don't know he won't even know just strangers in here but yeah i think that it'll be it it needs to go continue on in some sense you know i don't know how it will look with our friends like it i don't know if that i've paid enough attention in the times where we've hung out over the last couple years to whether or not like the conversations we do have together like when microphones aren't there mm. are like a degree more intimate right i want to say yes i i'd like to say yes but i'd like know. to say yes but i don't know that i've paid enough attention mm-hmm. i definitely think i i'd say yes because i feel like i've gotten some questions in with people that th- things that we wouldn't have talked about before mm. I, re- I remember even just like a little side table conversation at uh that golfing bar there was a conversation going on there that was like stuff that people might not have talked about. But I think because of conversations that we had, things mm-hmm. came up. So I don't know what it's going to look like with our friends. I don't know what it's going to look like with you and me, Cap. Yeah. But something about this has to permeate and exist still in our life after, you well, know? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be up to you to make that mm-hmm. in whatever mm-hmm. way, whatever form it takes, right? Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of effort. A little bit. <laughs> We can't give too much. Can I pencil you in for a date? Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on down. I'll get the questions ready. That'll that'll make it obligatory. Um, when uh, like, I'm I'm happy that I can say that I don't think there's been any negative evolution in our friendships. So I think that's something like a big check off, mm-hmm. you know, on like a big box to check. Mm-hmm. You know, is that I think we all grew in positive ways. I think especially those of us who were here frequently grew in very positive ways. Um, our audience has always commented and said, how, and oh, I should show you, Cavs, we got so many messages about. Oh, recently? Yeah, yeah, from oh. saying that this is over and people just saying how much this has helped them and mattered to them in their lives and changed their relationships, whether it be with partners or friends. Um, oh, cool. Really, really uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. And that's been a positive you know there's there's only good that has come from this but mom you being here i want to like ask you like more pointed things about what you've taken away from seeing this like yes you've seen your your son grow and change and and be able to host conversations which is cool that's Mm -hmm. one thing Mm -hmm. and i'm happy you're proud of what we've done but i wonder and i'm curious if you have taken away things for yourself in listening to these conversations have there been things that you've thought about because of conversations we've had have there been things that you feel like you've learned or or ways that you've grown yourself through this experience in the last two and a half years i would say yes but don't ask Mm. me to identify (laughs) one of them is right i i've been um impressed with the 
fortitude of some of your guests, right? Some mm -hmm. of the things that they've been prepared to take on and willing to do. Of course, it always is interesting to hear from a generational perspective mm. how people look at things, you know, younger people, obviously. I'm mm. older than your guests for the most part, for all parts. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I, I don't know, just uh, depending on different episodes, they might have reflected on some of the things that were said by people or what's, uh, you know, sort of a current thought. There's some things that it's just like, what are love languages? I think you need to get out a book and describe for me what are love languages. Uh -huh. I don't know. You keep, and everybody who you say that to, they seem to know what you're talking they about. They know. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just thinking like, oh, well, whatever. They all seem to have identified their own, whatever that mm. might mean. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that, People are thinking about more than the insignificant stuff or more mm -hmm. than the mundane stuff of just regular days, but really putting thought into important questions about mm -hmm. purpose, about value, about uh, meaning in life, um, about how to cope with some situations, those kinds of things, mm -hmm. right? So I can't specifically say, oh, this thing. Yeah. But certainly, you know, at the time, I would reflect on different things depending on. What was the topic? I mean, maybe there were some topics that was just like, ah, okay. But <laughs> for the most part, I think it's been, you know, well worth the the time and effort, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, and the listen. Yeah. yeah when sure. uh, I'm not a listener per se, like I, you like I, to watch. I watch the mm, podcast. Yes. I mean, I may watch and do my ironing at the same time, but <laughs> when uh, for for something like. A conversation like what we had with uh with Jeff talking about meaning and purpose of life. Mm -hmm. When you hear us talking about those things and Jeff getting all philosophical, like does that like sit with you? Does it does it resonate with you in any way? Did it make you think about like what your purpose and meaning yeah, in life I've been were? About that for years, yeah. <laughs> I particularly, I think, um, as an older person, you think about those a lot more when you retire hmm. because work can take up a lot of your time and energy and absorb so much of your thinking power that mm -hmm. you're not really thinking about what the purpose is. And work gives you purpose. You go to it. People want you there. You have a thing that you do and they pay you. Mm -hmm. All those kinds of things, right? <laughs> they give you purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you leave that and then it's like, now what? So mm. yeah, knowing that that like Jeff in particular likes to think about those things and articulate where, what his views are on yeah. all of that. Right. I, I'd love to know Jeff in like 40 years time to see mm. what he's thinking about now, but mm -hmm. it's nice to know that younger people are also thinking about those things. Cause sometimes you can feel like, Oh, it's just old farts that are thinking this stuff that mm -hmm. young people are just living their life raring to go. But I wonder how much of that has like changed generationally yeah. Yeah. in like, I, I think and we've talked about it in the past too, is like you don't necessarily just fall into a career anymore and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's now your life, mm -hmm. right? And and you work for your 40 odd years, whatever it is, and then you retire, right? That's, I think there's different paths to it. And so I wonder if that in a way can kind of spur on those kinds of questions and even just like, I think mental health fits into that and I'll get to mm -hmm. that in a little mm -hmm. bit, but I like being able to ask these questions or almost being invited to ask these questions is maybe something that exists now. And also <clears throat> at, at this podcast start, started post pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic, you know, the, the real heavy 
core part of the pandemic. I mean, supposedly it continued until about three weeks ago or whatever. Right. Have um, they ended it? Yeah, yeah the World Health Organization. Whoa. Officially it, yeah. done. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, so I think that has spurred on a lot of change within people, a yeah. lot of positive, sometimes negative stuff that's gone on with people and of all ages, mm-hmm. regardless, right? And so... You know, if you listen to some of the concerns of young people today, I mean, they're definitely thinking about, is there a future? Mm-hmm. What's that future look like? Mm-hmm. You know, it's obviously not looking like the, you know, work and collector pension. Yeah. 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 I remember mid pandemic, you saying something, you, you had gotten like emotional talking about it, but it was that you were talking about how your generation was supposed to have like done better. Yeah. Do you remember like, talking about that? Well, we were on the path to do better. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I don't, I, I feel like, you know, when people sort of go, oh yeah, boomers have, have created this mess or whatever, you ruined the world. Well, no, not quite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, boomers mm-hmm. were part of the civil rights movement, part of the mm-hmm. women's movement, part of the anti-war movement, part of the environmental movement. All of that started in the 60s and 70s during boomers' times. Mm-hmm. So don't tell us. I mean, maybe Black Lives <laughs> yeah. Matter, Black Lives Matter added on to that, took it all to a different level, mm-hmm. right? But the mm-hmm. civil rights movement, people were losing their lives mm-hmm. in in that, you know? And the women's movement, I mean, women take it for granted these days that they'll just do any job that they want to do because that's just normal. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't just normal. And you, you could go get a mortgage on a house. No, you never used to be able to get a mortgage on a house. So all those things have changed, right? So boomers were part of that change, yeah. right? But, but there was a lot of idealism and somehow it feels like the corporate world took over or capitalism took over or something mm. took over. And, you know, I'm quite happy to have my pension. So I'm every bit as a, a part of that capitalist kind of right. way of being, right? But particularly the environment. And, and I think some of the most recent events, like there were institutions created that were supposed to help the world behave better. You know, like the United Nations and mm. those, and you know, then one country can just invade another, and big deal. Mm. They've mm-hmm. got veto power at the UN. Who cares, right? And you just think, whoa, what happened? Right. What happened? You right. know, it's all for show, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And why is the the gap between rich and poor? It just keeps increasing, increasing, increasing. Why are we, you know, still part of that? You know, they used to have some sort of stat about the number of years when there hasn't been actual war being fought in the world. Mm. I think that they don't even bother keeping that stat. Right. Up, I think, right? It's just constant. It's just one place or another, you know, and mm. now we've got environmental death occurring, mm-hmm. you know, because of floods and fires and yeah yeah it's just like oh what the heck happened to this world but yeah and we had the idealism that said that we were making it better parts of it we've made better and parts of it we're not making better mm-hmm. and then it's i guess that's the like the burden that then falls to the the next generation right right is well then now it's our responsibility to continue to make things better and i feel like we've talked about um the environment is such a big piece of what our generation is going to face in terms of like a challenge and something that mm-hmm. needs to change for mm-hmm. the better. And I, we've talked about, I feel like mental health may exist as a challenge for our generation to create 
a better environment around, you know, and I think that some of that comes from talking about it more, but creating more access to this because in a world where now like, yes, I do agree that I think like corporations kind of run everything and that maybe feels more apparent than it perhaps has maybe in your generation, mom. I don't know if you ever felt like well, the corporate we, we world run, runs everything. Military industrial complex, mm. right? That that's what was controlling things basically mm. and determining what was going on in the world. Right. We just we sort of dropped the military part, but it's just yeah, now yeah. now it's, it's just, just industrial. The world. It's the corporate and it's world. It's so pervasive mm-hmm. and you know it used to take longer to communicate to people around the world, <laughs> take longer to get goods to people around the world. Yeah. Or to, you know, now it's the world's so small. So yes. small. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Big and small at the same time. But, but mental health stuff, I think that definitely things have changed in terms of an awareness around mm-hmm. mental health issues, right? And even things like bell let's talk or whatever, that there's much more awareness. But sometimes I think there's not, still not, a lot of depth in some ways, right? People like to talk about stress as this is sort of the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. But but people are still reluctant to talk about hearing voices or reluctant mm. to talk about being so depressed they never leave their beds. You know, there's there are whole parts of mental health that are still not quite as readily talked about. Anxiety, we can talk about a little bit. Right. Um, stress, definitely. Everybody's stressed about everything all day, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of those stresses are normal. It's normal to be stressed if you're going to get married or you're going to get a new job or you're going to move or you're, you know, that's just normal. Somebody mm-hmm. dies, you're stressed, right? But some still, we need to continue to move mm-hmm. in the direction where it's okay to talk about some of those scarier, quotes, aspects of mental health and you know even some of your guests would would talk about yeah i went through a hard time or yeah it was a difficult time or whatever but people are still reluctant to give the details of what that yeah. means for them right you know i i um wash my hands 50 times a day you know i can't leave the house without doing this ritual or that ritual i mean mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that happen in terms of the mental health spectrum and so I think we're moving in the right direction. People mm-hmm. are becoming more able to talk about it. But I get what you mean. Like there's still quite a few subjects within mental health that yeah. are taboo or yeah. considered mm-hmm. taboo. Yeah, there's a stigma attached to them. You don't want yeah. you still don't want to appear to be too quotes crazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't want, you know, it's just you can talk about the surface still, right? Yeah. But Things like the pandemic, I think, exaggerated a whole lot of yeah, that. Yeah, right. And as we move into a more uncertain world, potentially, of moving from natural disaster to natural disaster, that will probably exaggerate that as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, and that's kind of why I wanted to tie that to, like, thinking about the corporate world having as much of, like, a, a dominant presence over the world mm-hmm. as it has, is I think that through the pandemic and... um becoming more aware of that has made people like need to think about mental health a little bit more or take it more seriously Mm -hmm. or think about what it means to have purpose and like because i think when you have purpose i think that can fuel and like give a good foundation to a lot of people's mental health is like feeling that you are like here for a reason and you have something to offer Mm -hmm. to the world right but when you are 
like sh- overshadowed by corporations and if you get this like doom and gloom feeling of oh i can never do anything mm-hmm. because what does mm-hmm. it matter a corporation is going to have this impact or the environment's going to shit anyways mm-hmm. why does it matter i think that those things can also exacerbate the effects or negative sides of mental health and make people like fall into places where their mental health isn't great it's not mm-hmm. in a great standing or position anymore but that's why i wanted to like link those two together i was thinking about that and i just wondered if like in your generation, if you didn't think of like, what was there more like positive prospect to how your life is going to proceed? You know, I think sometimes there's a lot of ambiguity in our generation of how things are going to proceed because who knows, we don't have that solid career that will last forever. Some people might, but I think a lot of people don't now. And then also the cost of shit is so goddamn expensive. So how am I going to even bother having a career? It won't matter. I can't retire. That's a genuine thought of mine is I won't be able to retire perhaps, you know, depending on how things go. I hope it will be fine, but I just, I, there are other pressures I think that exist now, which is why I think that mental health is going to be something that should matter more in our generation and should be something that we create better avenues to deal with. Cause I also think there's a bit of like, uh, it's like falseness, fake, fake, inauthentic approach from corporations when it comes to mental health Mm. too. Yeah, You know, they'll have like <clears throat> mental health challenges at corporations mm-hmm. for a month or something like that. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, even like the, I'm not sure what else there is in, in terms of like the Bell Let's Talk mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But like what I see is just like an ad on Instagram and then the Snapchat filter as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like, there must, I mean, I'm assuming. And what do you see things. there too? You see Bell. Yeah, it's a big bell. It's like, a fucking bell ad. Yeah, I get yeah. that, right? Yeah. But um, the bottom line is that corporations have the ability to do that, that they have the ad mm-hmm. power, they have the budget to produce those kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? There's a million small organizations that are working on mental health issues. You know, there's mental health facilities two, do- two streets over from here, right? Mm-hmm. And they just don't have the, the, the oomph to put the message out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. In my day, (laughs) very few employers had any kind of employee assistance program. Mm. It just did not exist for people, right? I mean, there's an acknowledgement these days that 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 would be normal to have an employee assistance program, particularly in a certain size organization. I mean, obviously, very small organizations don't have the resources for that. But, you know, and that that there could be mental health days taken, Mm -hmm. You know, like, whoa, what the heck is that, right? Yeah, not just Um, sick days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think that has moved. I find it very curious that, that some of those corporations that are seen so mighty and powerful are afraid of AI. Mm. but they're making it <laughs> right sure we're making it but we're terrified by our own stuff right, right. it's like well that's a very interesting perspective you know mm-hmm. um maybe you should stop making it <laughs> maybe they won't do that they no do that. no yeah it's too much money to be made there yeah. exactly yeah but intergenerationally because i am an old woman here what can we say um <laughs> the some of the same concerns that you and your guests have expressed are the same ones that would have been expressed when I was growing up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, everybody has concerns about what the future looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the boomers were post-war. So Mm -hmm. the parents, like my father, served in the war, right? So parents had a whole sort of emotional makeup from having gone to war. Mm -hmm. Um, No kidding. You know, and so that's, and that, and... 
the war took women out into the workforce because they needed them because the men were overseas. And then they all got pushed back into the home. And, you know, there was a lot of social disruption and everybody just was having babies, 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 babies. Everybody had, you know, three, four, six kids in the family. Yeah. Everybody did that, right? But then, and the expectation was that your kids would do better than you. Mm. Your kids now had avenues like education avenues, you know, colleges, universities, those were growing like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But still, there was uncertainty about it. And, you know, like contemporaries of mine in the early 80s, the mortgage rate was 20%. What is it now? It's like five, and they're freaking out. Really? Yeah, because uh. <laughs> mortgages have gone up. You know, like people just lost their shirts overnight. And, you know, the financial world has restructured so that, that cannot happen again, mm. right? But that was a scary time for people. So it, in hindsight, it looks like it was smooth sailing and everything was laid out for mm. us and you knew what was going to be your future. But there was a lot of social disruption. There was a lot of, of growth a lot of change that was coming down the pike and nobody knew for certain. But I think every generation feels like nobody knows for certain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is this one better or worse? It's faster. Absolutely yeah. no question about that. Faster how? Well, everything just, you can just have so much information so fast. Right. You know, that you can, don't the send me a letter. That'll never get here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but to, at the same time, like like for example, I, my this is I'm just waxing on about all this nonsense, right? Please, but it's like <laughs> you know, f phones are mm. the best invention. Yeah, we were talking about it in, yeah. in the 2000s. Amazing. This is the best invention. But it's probably one of the worst things for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And you have the power to do something about that. But so people are so reluctant to do something. About and because the power to do something is yeah, is put it away. Yeah. Could but I then you feel like you're that? not connected. I know, I yeah. know. Also, but because I feel like there's no, it's not evident. It's not like you don't see it the when you're on your phone and you don't directly link it to your mental health, right? Mm -hmm. You're just something you're doing. And yeah. then like it might cause problems later, but you're yeah. not seeing it in real time that mm -hmm. your phone is causing you stress or yeah. whatever it yeah. may look like. Yeah. And, and, and it's so easy to miss that your brain is making comparisons all the time. Yeah. Between yourself and what you see. Are you measuring up? Are you good enough? Are you this? Are you that? You know, look at all these people that you're watching on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. Everybody's leaving a glorious life, as we all know. <laughs> uh, how come I'm not some days, right? You know? Yeah. And when you, when you were saying earlier that, like, the world is so small now. Yeah. Because of how fast and interconnected yeah. we are, right? Yeah. Um, that's as exciting as it is like dangerous and mm -hmm. I don't know that dangerous is the right word, but it'll even out. I think it yeah. will. Right. You uh, would hope. And there are, <laughs> but there are some absolutely amazing things that are being done that we just don't hear enough of. Right. Because we hear the doom and gloom and all those things yeah. that mm -hmm. are much more sexy than, than the amazing strides that people are making and things that they're doing to, make positive changes, right? mm -hmm. particularly around environmental things. There's a yeah. lot going on and we're not hearing a whole lot about it. Mm -hmm. My brother was just, uh, not environmental related, but my brother was telling me about uh, Neuralink, mm -hmm. Elon Musk's Neuralink. He's saying from what he's read up about it, that like eventually in like 20, 30 years, you'll be able to, I guess, download your mind 
put mm. your mind in t- into some sort of download it onto like a, a computer or something yeah and edit parts of your whatever's going like on in thinking. your brain to rewire things it's and it actually affect your thinking and it, it could possibly affect your mental health that is very that, that could be way. good yeah he what he had par- uh, paraphrasing what he had said and i don't know mm-hmm. like how true this is but he's like you can edit things that would get rid of your depression mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. get rid of your if you have really bad anxiety or mm-hmm. something. So that's pretty wild to think about. I don't know if I need to read up on that myself because that's pretty wild. But it's it's not far-fetched. Mm. Like, I don't think that something like that I is impossible. Well, it, I can it, barely comprehend what the hell is going on yeah. with my phone half the time. <laughs> but that's, I think, generationally, this is something that is so different. And that I think it contributes to the speed is just technology evolving the yeah. way that it has. Because yeah. it's an exponential growth, the way that technology mm-hmm. evolves, mm-hmm. right? It is not just a linear progression. Yeah. As technology evolves, you can create newer technology that is better because your older technology is now faster to make the newer mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. It's just a compounding effect, right? And I don't think it's that far off to think that there's going to be like real physical interventions that could happen, whether it's through some means like Neuralink mm-hmm. and like a brain upload process, but real physical things mm-hmm. that you'll be able to do to manipulate mental health, um, to manipulate our brains, to manipulate disease in mm-hmm. a different way. And mm-hmm. like that's interesting but then to come back to like the i don't want to get all doom and gloom but like the 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 rich versus the poor like what's the access to that going to look like right Mm -hmm. and so now you're going to have rich people that are able to fix all their problems because they have access to these things sooner than other people do and then you're going to have the poor people who can't touch this who are still stricken with the same diseases that we've been facing for however long and eventually it'll trickle down but at what point and is the gap too large at that point? Like this is yeah. like a doom and gloom thing that I think of and for our generation. Eventually, you know? will money will be able to buy you happiness? Literally, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it does. It's not just a yacht named happiness. Yeah. It is actual <laughs> happiness. Well, you know, if you think of the like the the developments like neurologically, um, you know, DNA. Right. I went to school with. David Suzuki, I mean, he was my prof and he was teaching oh, wow. genetics. And mm. that was like, there was like, that was a whole new field that genetics, right? But nowadays, gen, you know, they can, they've mapped the whole human genome, genome you know, yeah, and, yeah. and they can do so many things with altering DNA. Yeah, and, CRISPR or whatever. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. And that was only maximum 50 years ago, right? So, yeah. And so that that changes physical things, and now we may be changing neurological things. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm too old-fashioned. I just think, yeah, but you know, the basics of I need to be with another person. I need to feel valued. I need mm-hmm. to feel loved. I need to feel accepted. Do you get that from a machine, or are you just going to feed that into your brain from some sort of yeah, right. thing? That's the, like, when Apple just announced that AR headset, Right, I don't know if you saw yeah. any of that in the news, right? But Apple Pro Vision or whatever. They're saying VR didn't take off like they said it was going to, right? VR didn't, but this is AR. Oh, I know, I know, but is it really <laughs> going to take off? Wait, what is AR? AR is augmented reality. Okay, so you're you're is is that the difference between VR is and AR is you're you're seeing everything around you, I guess. Yeah, essentially, like, like AR seems as though it is in your environment. You are okay, augmenting okay. what is there in your reality. VR is a virtual reality. Right, you so. are just in a digital world, right. whereas this will feel like it's there with you. And then that it's Pandora's box, right? Like it, once you've opened these things, whatever 
people can imagine is going to happen, you know, and it's eventually going to get there. And I find that interesting because to, to take that, right? Like, yes, I agree. You need personal connection and in this world where it's so small, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. It just seems small because of how connected we are to every point in the world, really what you need. And there's so much research around it is just community. That's all that you need. And at most it's like a hundred people or something like that well, is in your community. How can we keep fighting within our communities? You know, have, mm. have, human beings evolved really mm-hmm. you know it's it's community is so important but i wonder if with the progression of technology if it's going to get to a place where you like what if your life was everybody lives in just a box you know like you got your tiny little few square foot apartment and your whole life is just you put on your headset and you're in your whatever reality with whatever people and you make it whatever you want it to be you know, if if you just exist in that, then that is your reality. So does that feel like community enough? You know, like, will you have a, a community in that sense? Will there be a generation? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. But it's like Ready Player One. It's that 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 movie. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, like a book. Yeah. Just, just super think, bizarre. No, it won't happen. I don't people, think it can. People will find a way to, to not make it happen. Yeah. 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 Because I, I agree with you, Mom, is that you need to... You need to have people mm-hmm. no matter what. I think like you get so much more out of having a conversation with someone and finding common interests mm-hmm. and, and feeling as though someone is living an experience with you uh, through your community and friends and family, whatever, than Even you do the animal online. world has friends. Yeah. 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 It's everywhere. And we count in that, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. Because otherwise, we're just doomed to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What's the point? Mm-hmm. To live in a little box just connected. Boring. Electronically <laughs> with who knows who. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great to me. Well, we won't <laughs> have to worry about cleaning up the environment. Yeah. If yeah. it's all online and then yeah. the environment means nothing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just... the, um, a little off topic, but the uh, <laughs> during the pandemic, didn't the hole in the ozone layer close back up it shrunk or yeah definitely shrunk or something right i remember reading that there were huge shifts in in the environment i remember some of it was like bullshit it ended up being like the dolphins in venice that wasn't real (laughs) yeah someone said they were in the canals and i fucking believed it i fully believed it um but no didn't they have like it was I don't know if it was in Venice, but like it had like really dirty water or something. Things did clear up. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Things the canals did clear up, but not so yeah. clean the dolphins yeah. showed no, up. No. But but there were such drastic changes. And yeah. that's I found that fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. it, it was so clear the impact that humans have yeah. on our planet. Right. And and how quickly the planet can reset. Yeah. And I wonder if that like resonates at all with what you're saying, Mom, about how like eventually we will correct, you know, we'll we'll correct, and if it gets to a place where technology so. is creating too much uh, division amongst people and like connecting this as a human race, you know, we will correct. Mm-hmm. I feel like we must have the capability to do that. Like we like someone's got to stop it when it gets too far. Stop the madness you know? and get off. Yeah, I think I almost feel like the corporations who are in power they already they're already aware they know how far we can go before like mm. it needs to stop don't trust them yeah no. i mean but yeah. like at the end of the day they need their corporations need to live on and they they need to keep making money in the yeah. future so to some degree 
they are worried about the future, I feel like. Sometimes I entertain the thought that we might move beyond the capitalist model, hmm. that there's something else out there, not just making money and producing useless things that mm. people do not need or want, right? But I don't know that we're ever going to move in that direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like fast fashion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's... Because it's such a dichotomy, right? I mean, on the one hand, we have people who are concerned about the environment and we know that the things that we are doing is wrecking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the other hand, we're just not willing to stop wrecking it. You yeah. Know? We yeah. just want our things still. Can I call Amazon right now and have a delivery made, you know? Uh -huh. It just... People are funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think, yeah, if you... If you I would imagine the the bulk of people you ask them if you care about saving the planet. I would hope of that some would want do. to, right? What are you willing to do for? Are it? you willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. your way of living? I fall into this trap, and I feel <laughs> like I've talked about it with you, Mum, about how, like, what impact could I possibly make at an individual level? And I think that that's such an easy trap to fall into. Yeah, really. Is if my impact is so small, what does it matter? If, like, and I've been seeing this kind of like meme around the internet recently of like we sit here with our paper straws meanwhile kylie jenner hops on a private jet to fly to la or she lives in la fly to some other part in the states or mm -hmm. go across and skip over the pond go to well it's not just the kylie england jenner. for go to some the reason right now there's a million people waiting to catch a flight yeah but i mean like the private just, just to do like a stupid people. small thing is, is yeah. bullshit yeah and the, I do it. Yeah, <laughs> like right. If you had the money, you know what I mean. Maybe that would be now the thing that you won't give up too. But it makes it seem so crazy that like we would need to sacrifice something, and then in my head, it's like that's just going to be offset by someone who's screwing it over mm, for the next right. guy. It's like the the person who's going to eat meat twice, so that the vegan <laughs> who's trying to not eat meat, their work didn't matter. You know, <laughs> like it it feels that way sometimes that it's like out of your control, but. Yeah, I feel like the bulk of people would would want to help the world if they could. You they know, just they yeah. But I I think we're all kind of selfish. We don't really want to mm -hmm. make big changes in our lives. Okay, buy an electric car. Yeah, that that's maybe a step in the right direction. Yeah. But don't give up the car. Fuels. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> and how many cars are in their household? Mm -hmm. Well, don't share them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And we got to remember where we live. Mm. We live in North America. Mm -hmm. Our perspective is very different than what the perspective is in, in less developed places. In many other parts of the world. Many, yeah. many, many other parts of the, the majority world. majority of it, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. yes. The largest populations. Yes. And we, we create so much pollution and we're just a small amount of the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That damn 1%, eh? <laughs> But even when I can remember in high school doing projects on population explosion, right? Hmm. We had to be wary of the population explosion. It was going to go nuts. The, the world could not sustain the population growth that was happening, that we were going to use up all of our resources. Nobody talks about population explosion anymore. You know, mm. it's like, I guess that resolved itself somehow. I don't know what I'll do did. my part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it, right? As soon as you raise, well, not necessarily what you said, but as soon as you raise the standard of living of people, they have fewer children. Mm -hmm. Now we're helping the population explosion by by improving their lives. So capitalism's working. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Uh, huh. 
I want to ask you, and this is about stuff that you were saying earlier, if that's okay, before I ask more things that I've been planning. When you were talking about uh, growing up in, in your generation, like your parents having gone to war, for example, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. being something that your parents were conscious of, and then that in turn means you were conscious of, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to know, like, do you have a different lens when it comes to seeing things like war going on? If yes. you think of like the the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, and um, now what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. And I feel to a degree desensitized to mm. these things. Sometimes I think like like it's present for a moment and then now it's not talked about. I've forgotten about it. Mm. I get that way about it. And that I think plays from how fast everything is now, right? And And it's like, okay, this thing's no longer a hot topic. I'm no longer yeah, thinking of it still it ongoing. It falls off the agenda so quickly. Exactly. And yeah. it's like when you, if you take uh, Ukraine and Russia right now, like I don't see that in the news for me anymore. Like to me, it's almost there, like, is it's it still ongoing? Day. It is there every day. Yes. And I wonder if you have just a different perspective on something like war. And I, I feel like maybe we are desensitized to these things to a degree in our generation. I wonder if you're more, like if you if you feel the weight of it more. If you feel the weight of significant events that are terrible more, which is is funny to think of it in a mental health lens. It's like if you feel the weight more, you would think that impacts you more. Mm. Our generation, I feel like, deals with or is talking about mental health stuff so much more. But like things like these don't seem to weigh on my mind as much. Mm. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But yeah, what like do you feel like you have a different lens when it comes to these kinds of things and do you feel like that was shaped at all from the fact that your parents and you grew up in a in an era where that was more prevalent it was real it was a reality for, what for a me question. yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> said I what said, a question I said what a question <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a great question um okay first of all my dad did fight in the mm-hmm. well, he wasn't a fighter he f- supposedly fixed airplane Radios. My dad sure. didn't fix anything, so I don't know how the hell he fixed airplane <laughs> radios with the Royal Canadian Air Force. But anyways, um, and he was stationed in India, which is a whole different sort of part of the world. Not, he wasn't in the European conflict. Did that have to do with like like England's relationship yes, with India, and then India England was, with us, and, and the yeah. same with the Commonwealth yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they worked alongside the RAF. Mm. Anyways, but I but they never talked about it. never. My dad never talked about the war. Never. No, I'm, and I, and he didn't see combat, so it wasn't even like he wasn't trying to t- not talk about mm. combat or something. But for me, the war that shaped my life was the Vietnam War. Mm. Um, that was on our news every day, right? And that was the first time war had been on TV. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, during the Second World War, war was on the radio. Radio, yeah. There wasn't TV. And so... And that adds a, a visual. Yes, we could see that. And so I used to attend protests against the war in Vietnam, right? And, um, you know, people on university campuses got shot for protesting the war in Vietnam. Really? Yes. So it to me, the war in Vietnam, like I can't, I know people talk about Vietnam now and it's a lovely country and they'd love to go there and they've been there. I I couldn't do it. I could not go to Vietnam. I know the war has been over for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I cannot go there. You know, like Bev's husband was a draft dodger because of the war in Vietnam, right? Oh, wow. So, and they got pardoned, I think, in the 90s at some mm. point. Some president pardoned all the draft dodgers. But yeah, it was very much a part of 
my growing up was a war in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, like you come out of that thinking, I was, I was young and I was impressionable and I thought we would learn mm. and we wouldn't do that kind of thing again, right? And then there's just been conflict after conflict after conflict. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... And 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 what what underlies it all? So much of it has been about resources, obviously, mm-hmm. oil, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, it's just like, couldn't we have learned? Couldn't we have done it better? And now to watch what's happening with Ukraine, it's just like, let me just walk right into your country. No, stop. Mm-hmm. Who's stopping them? How long is it going to go on? How many yeah. resources will they need? Mm-hmm. To stop it. Will they ever be able to stop it? You know, the war in Vietnam, it just went on. And that started as a civil war and the Americans took a side. And that just went on and Mm -hmm. on and on and on, right? I mean, even there was a group, I think it was called FARC or something. They were Mm -hmm. these in in, um, Colombia or South American country. Mm. Yeah. And it took them like 40 years they were fighting underground, right? And they only just stopped a few years ago. And it's just like madness, you know, madness in the world. And, you know, civil war is horrendous. Yeah. And that has gone on in so many places. And this is, you know, probably the first, the invasion of Ukraine is probably the first big non-civil war mm, situation that's happened. Yeah. times, yeah. 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 I think one of the main things, unfortunately, that I take away from from seeing or hearing about war and, you know, thinking about how we should learn from pa- from the mm-hmm. past and is that greed is always there. Mm-hmm. You know, human greed. Because it's, it's, it, that's what it usually, you mm-hmm. break it if down. If you boil it down, yeah. If you boil it down, yeah. it usually mm-hmm. it's, it's greed. Someone mm-hmm. going in there because they have ulterior motives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's a pure motive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, liberating the people. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. no, right. it's it's always about resources. You have Land, something I want. Oil, mm-hmm. oil's been at the bottom of a lot of them for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and who knows? In time, with the environmental crisis, maybe it'll be food. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be clean water. You know? Yeah, right. Clean water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I remember hearing how Canada would be a very big target yep. for that because yeah. what, is it a third water. of the world's clean water is in Canada? Could be that something high. like that, yeah. 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 Maybe at least, at least, yeah. right? at least. I think. So. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing about that in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were we were yeah. told we were taught uh, that in uh, social studies in high school too. Yeah. I remember hearing that. It was like we would be like such a commodity if yeah. water ever becomes a problem. Well, watch what's we already happening. sell some of ours. I know that right. we have like contracts with plenty of countries yeah, and yeah. we sell our water, which is absurd. Like sell this is ours. Corporations, like yeah. that's nonsense. But yeah, yeah, we sell some to like, I think Coca-Cola or Nescafe something like owns like a ton of our water. Right. It's crazy. Nestle, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. maybe that's an <laughs> urban myth. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but watch what's happening in, in the Arctic. Mm. That is a big concern over the next 10 to 20 years absolutely in what sense what like the, the, the fight for the territory it. of it oh yes because oh. mm. it's bordered by the united states russia mm. you know greenland so who's finland ireland yeah. <laughs> like all these countries that's canada yeah and we all want to claim a bit of the turf of that right and the resources underneath it and now that the the ice is melting it makes those resources much more accessible hmm. and we and which is crazy because that's still what are the resources oil 
<laughs> you know, yeah. why are we still thinking of operating on an oil economy? You yeah. Know? But we are. <laughs> Thank God yeah. there aren't any penguins over there. <laughs> Thank God. Penguins and the penguins are in the Antarctic. Exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're not in the Arctic. <laughs> right, right. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Thank goodness. Keep my friends safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to reel us back and, and yeah, keep us. Back yeah, to- sorry. Um, I, I like to talk about anything with you, mom, mm-hmm. but to, I want to get another piece of your perspective from your generation, thinking back to the kinds of things that you did talk about. And yes, I can totally see what you're saying when it's how each generation probably faces that same question of like, what, what is our purpose? What mm-hmm. do we do? Like what matters, you know? And like, like what can we leave behind? Like those mm-hmm. kinds of questions, existential thoughts that you have about yourselves. Right. But thinking of how you see us, for example, hosting a podcast about mental health, the idea of something like that happening as you were growing up, would that have ever even been a possibility? Like was like what did mental health at all look like in school growing up? Like did it look like anything? Like was there any presence of it if you if you even could like name it something else, you know? There there was some in pockets, I think, right? Because mm. there were there was, you know, people who did go to therapists and, you know, gestalt therapy, talk therapy, those things were mm. developing, right? I mean, there's a lot, a lot these days, it seems to be sort of a lot of behavioral based therapy. Um, so there was some of that happening, but that's, a, that's a rich person's game mm. to go to therapy. You have to have the money for that, right? The, the, the phrase that comes to mind is sort of suck it up buttercup. Sure. Like, like there was a certain <laughs> yeah. amount of that, that, you know, and I think partly that came as that, the generation before suffered, mm. you know, they had suffered through the war, they had suffered through the depression, when they had suffered through the dirty 30s when people didn't have jobs and they didn't have money and they didn't have food. Mm-hmm. And so hard my generation hard was mm-hmm. so privileged. Mm-hmm. We were going to go to school, we were going to get an education, we lived in houses, our parents had jobs, you know, like what do you have to complain about kind of thing? Mm, I think that was sort of part of the underlying theme, right? And it was simpler, straighter times, no Mm. question about it, right? So those who might have been struggling with mental health in particular, and and it did, I mean, you know, like I'm sure that there were lots of women who suffered from postpartum depression, but, you Mm. know, you had three other children, so you better snap out of it quick, right? And there weren't the resources necessarily. There wasn't the talk about it. There wasn't the acknowledgement that mm. it was going on. You just should maybe buck up a bit more. I'm sure it can't be possible that those men that came back from fighting didn't have PTSD. Right. They had yeah. to have had, you know? Yeah. But was anybody talking about it? Was anybody doing anything with mm-hmm. it? That came into the armed services much later. I mean, nowadays, police, military, fire, ambulance service, they all have built in to more or less degrees of effectiveness. Yeah. It's not perfect. Some sort of debriefing around critical incidents that they're involved with. Even right? immediately after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So the, that has all changed. The acknowledgement that they're can be trauma-induced problems, mental health problems, that mm-hmm. has really changed, right? So I think it's all evolved. And the the few people that were, you know, of course there was at the same time, at the same time that I say that, people with mental illnesses, quotes, mm-hmm. there was institutions for them. Right. They were living in Riverview. They were mm. not part of the 
mainstream. They become right? ostracized in society because you're now labeled as someone who's like crazy. Because yes. that was the that was the broad term then, yeah. right? Is like and they crazy. Did. Well, they didn't had so little knowledge, mm -hmm. very little knowledge of how the brain works, mm -hmm. about how mental health works, right? So they were doing things like lobotomies on yeah, people. Yeah, shock therapy. Shock therapy, all those kinds of things, and p institutionalizing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, people today will even talk about why Vancouver's in such a mess in some ways, is that it shut down all those institutions, but there was no place for people to go. Hmm. And so there's no the, net. Yeah. So the resources weren't there for them and they haven't been built up. And so you get those combination of poverty and drug addiction and mental illness. It just creates the downtown east side or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. It creates chaos, right? So things have evolved and changed and grown for the better, mm -hmm. but there's still a lack of resources. And there's still like the remnants of when the infrastructure was not there at all, mm -hmm. right? at least mm -hmm. like to as little a degree as it mm -hmm. sounds like it was, mm -hmm. right? Like not that we're all hoity-toity ready to go and support yeah. anybody with mental health stuff yeah. now. There's still much progress needed, especially from like a cost standpoint, right? Like that's yeah. always such a barrier and it still yeah. remains a barrier for yeah. people. There are, as you said, employers that don't have EAP programs to mm -hmm. then allow you to access counseling more easily because yeah. if it's coming out of pocket, that's not something that no. our generation can afford. No. It's not something mm -hmm. most generations yeah. can afford. Yeah. And there's still room to grow in that sense. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, I get what you're saying. It's like, you'll, you'll see these remnants then of like poor infrastructure and bad support or non-existent support mm -hmm. sort of cascading and still existing because we're in like that transitionary period, yeah. if you will, right? From a place of having terrible support to a place of better support. That's interesting. But still not perfect support yeah. by any means, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the whole sort of uh, drug addiction thing, that's just become totally wackled. Rampant. Mm. And... The, the drugs are way worse. I mean, it's way worse mm. than smoking marijuana or doing hash in my day. You know? yeah. Oh my God, they got some hashish. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then there was a few people doing psychedelics, but, uh -huh. you know, LSD, ooh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the drugs that are on the street today, I don't even know what they are, but they just make people crazy. Yeah. That much I know. Yeah, or they just kill them. Fentanyl. Yeah. Mm. Shout out fentanyl. There's a there's a business model for you. Yeah. <laughs> we kill my customers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Oh well, there's more coming down the pike. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to answer, you don't want to answer. You don't want to talk about. It, don't want to talk about. Yeah, you just but, added all that. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious from like a, a men's mental health standpoint, right? Like you have two brothers. Mm -hmm. You had your father. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a father to think about in terms of like how they expressed mental health or what was on their minds do you feel like looking at your brothers and thinking of when you were younger and then looking at your father when you were younger did you did they keep things to themselves for the most part do you ever like do you have memories of them talking about shit that they were dealing with ever oh did you give me a face that says no yeah yeah really? <laughs> <laughs> um no my dad did the typical dad thing mm. He went to work every day. You know, he he didn't. He was a good provider. You know that term. You know, right. good provider. He didn't drink. He didn't leave us abandoned or anything of those any of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You know, but no, nobody was talking too openly about anything. A few things on occasion, maybe, mm -hmm. and you'd have to ask, uh, you know, Ian and Tom about that. But 
No. Not, not much really. below surface, eh? No, mm-hmm. no, not a whole lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think, you know, I if, if you were to say, like, as young guys, is it, how prevalent is it? Is it just because you happen to be doing this, this <laughs> podcast? Or, you know, are you chatting it up at school or at work or whatever about your own mental health? I feel like it's it's absolutely there. I know of instances at jobs um, where people have taken like time away from work and it's been very clearly about mental health. And is that men or women? Or both. both. Okay. Both. Yeah. It's like open. Like even like using myself as an example, right? At my last job, taking a leave because of just how shit I felt, mm-hmm. right? Taking the, mm-hmm. it was a six week leave. That's something that I felt I could do because it seemed like somewhat normal to say, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. I definitely feel, yeah, within our friend group, it's one thing because we do, yeah, we, it's different. we yeah. encourage it, yeah. right? And we, we try and create a space for it. But yeah, I'd say it's more commonplace, you know, even just to like ask a, a coworker who's having kind of a shit day, like, are you all right? And like letting them say what's not all right. Mm-hmm. that feels like something that absolutely can happen. Mm. I would imagine right. you must see that at work. Yeah, actually, yeah, because I'm thinking about it now. So I have mm. one of the sites I work at is majority of my coworkers are older than me. Mm. They're, they're the generation above. And then the other site, they're all around my age. And yeah, m- mostly around my age or younger. And there's a lot more, a lot more openness mm-hmm. with the younger, with my younger coworkers. Mm-hmm. Than there is in with the older ones, but I'm trying to trying to really think here. Cause... I definitely think that. Like, and is in... it more than just saying I'm really stressed? Mm. Yeah. No. It... I feel like there's work it's... to be done in that regard. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes be it can just be. It. Yeah. What exactly is that? What is going on with mm-hmm. you? Yeah. I think there's it's it's easier to to because it doesn't necessarily have to be mental health. Mental health doesn't necessarily have to be the topic mm-hmm. in the conversation for it to be a mental health conversation. Mm-hmm. So there is more conversation, I feel like, with the younger generation. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I think from like a standpoint of like you saying that your your dad was a good provider in quotations, right? Would to provide for the family. I don't think that that's a narrative of younger generations now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is like the sole like responsibility of a husband, father, whoever to to be there for a family as just a provider. I remember when we talked about, uh, we were talking with, it was with Jesse and Brandon. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, I guess like their dynamic and like seeing like, did their dad ever like open up and talk about stuff and not necessarily, but like Brandon might talk about things differently with his kid at some point. Who knows? He doesn't know how he's going to approach things. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. what he said. He doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, I'd be curious to yeah. know, right? Because I think there has been movement, definitely, and certainly the presence of men in their kids' lives mm-hmm. has changed. It never used to be, you know, <laughs> you know, they came home and read the paper for God's sake, yeah. you know, like because they had been out working and you didn't want to tax them too much, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I think Let men them relax. Are, now. Yeah, yeah, I think men are becoming more active in their kids' lives. But but it'd be very interesting to know that if the narrative has truly changed. Right. If, for example. They lost their jobs. Are they okay with their wives doing all the work? Mm. Are they okay with their wives making more money than they're making? Mm-hmm. Um, would they move 
because she got a promotion is going elsewhere. You know, I wonder if some of those old sort mm. of male pattern baldness right. yeah. <laughs> is how dare is you perpetuating. <laughs> you know, if if how much has it moved? I I think some mm. the the needles moved a bit, but. Uh, be curious to see if it's moved a lot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. You would think like, we always think like the traditional role is like, you know, the men, stoic man, yeah, yeah. provider. Mm-hmm. But there's also like those other aspects to it where, like you said, if the the woman in the relationship is the breadwin- breadwinner, mm-hmm. would the man be willing to move if like there was for a job? Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. For them, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let those roles switch and like, let that be okay and not feel as though you are not any bit as masculine as you would right. be otherwise. Somehow mm. you're not measuring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if I were in that situation, I personally wouldn't care, mm-hmm. but I would, I hesitate to, because I'd be like, what would other people think about me? Mm-hmm. Mm. That would be my first. I would definitely I be conscious of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be just, yep, good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there would be some thought behind it. It would mm-hmm. be a, like, yes, I would want to support that, decision those actions that choice mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. environment is necessary for our family and for that partner of mine to like live their best life mm-hmm. but absolutely i'd be conscious of it it's mm-hmm. like i think it's just for it looks away yeah it would it would all be internal though mm-hmm. there would be nothing like wrong essentially mm-hmm. other than whatever's going on in your head whatever whatever mental barrier you need to get past yeah. to, mm-hmm. to tell yourself that's that's totally fine yeah, yeah. From like financial structure in a household kind of standpoint, like I don't think I would ever be embarrassed to say that my wife makes more money than me. Like if that, like if it was at like a, if somehow that comes up in a mm-hmm. dinner conversation, mm-hmm. right? You got friends over or whatever. Like right. I, I don't feel like I would be <clears throat> in the slightest embarrassed by something like that. To me, that's sick. You know, I was like, that's really cool that like my wife could make more than me. That's that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucky guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that sounds awesome, right? Like it'd be like, this must be nice, man. <laughs> They're, yeah, that's that's interesting that those kinds of, I guess, dynamics will only be tested with time too, right? Yeah. It's like as much as I want to think that looking at mental health differently, especially in that that framework of masculinity, mm-hmm. right? And like what it means to, to be a man and getting away from that whole stoic, never talking about my feelings, coming mm-hmm. home and just mm-hmm. sitting, reading the paper, like getting away from that, as much as I think that that is absolutely positive and necessary and good. And I think that we're heading that direction. What happens when these new kind of situations present themselves mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. will men kind of default into like a, a more natural, like primal man state right. and go like, right. okay, no, I don't like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like, whoa, you know, yeah. Like can claw it out of your body. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> the moon turns. Yeah. Explodes. Starts howling. <laughs> the, the great, man. the great reset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, and in terms of kids, <laughs> yeah. then you know, yeah. I, I'm I don't know enough to know, but I'd be curious to know to what extent, you know, the great dads are getting more involved with their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. That's great. They can take them to the park. They can do sports with them. They can you know take them to their activities. Are they provide when it comes to emotional things like they're being bullied at school? Go talk to your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like are or the dads being the emotional support too right or are they just you know the 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 chauffeur the yeah you know, yeah accompany you to the park with their phones because yeah there's there's obviously a scale you mm. know there's there's a 
uh, varying degrees of how involved a, a father today mm-hmm. even wants to be with their child. But I think of like a very positive example. I think of James, mm-hmm. um, who you used to call your second son. <laughs> he was the other <laughs> second son. He was You're uh, my second son now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got the spot. Move over, James. <laughs> I don't know. But he was, on, he was on the podcast. He was, the, he was one of the dads. Oh, when we had the yeah. the two dads yeah. come on for that November or and Movember dads are series, smitten, and he was totally smitten. Oh yeah, no, he, yeah. he loves his kids. But do you do the work? I think, but he's someone who I see as a really positive example. Someone who does, mm-hmm. and he's very conscious of it. And he's someone who I used to have to- like talks with at work about mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And he would talk about the things that are concerns of him. Like he would, sorry, James, he would, he would talk about things like wanting to be in better shape so that he can play with his kids. You know, like right. stuff like that. Like that. is really important to him and. I absolutely think that he's the kind of person who wants to be there emotionally for his kids mm-hmm. too, when they have questions about whatever and like be able to be open. Because I think that, and like, tell me if you think otherwise, but I would imagine that most children would prefer to have a father that was present and available than one who was a provider. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but most children didn't Quite and don't frankly, i don't think have that experience mm-hmm. right it's funny that uh, you know because i keep uh, right looking at memoir writing and stuff like that right I, I came across my report cards they're all signed by my dad all of them you know and you had to sign like four times a year mm. every quarter they were signing off and it was all signed by my dad I, my dad could not have told you what grade I was in. <laughs> Never mind what the report card said, but I think that would have been my mother believing that, you know, you have to have the man sign the report card. That Take a look at this sign. This. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and the, 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 um, signature is identical every time. Maybe he had a stamp made or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because he would have had to sign four people's report cards, you know. <laughs> yeah, get all the kids. Time, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like there was the the pretend that your dad's involved, but dad wasn't. So mm-hmm. I, I'd like to I don't know enough young people with 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 families to know to what extent those roles for men have changed mm-hmm. and and not just on the sort of physical looking after, you know, everybody can take them out in a stroller for Pete's sake. Doesn't take a scientist to figure that one out. Yeah. But you know, on the emotional level, on the mental health levels, on the on the issues, your kids are are they going to their mom still? Or are they going mm-hmm. to their dad? And and how present is the father in figuring out something's going wrong with the kids? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we all that know talk. that the stats are still not great around things like suicide for young men Mm -hmm. right so who are they turning to what are they where are they going for Mm -hmm. help you know Mm -hmm. it's maybe not their fathers i don't know yeah i feel like that could be a very um impactful relationship right to to think of young kids and having a good relationship with a father if it was a relationship that was very open like that Mm -hmm. i feel like that could be crucial or pivotal mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. something like working to move that stat in the right yeah. direction, yeah. you know? Well, we just saw the she session happen. I mean, the pandemic came and women went home. Mm. Men weren't staying home looking after the children, homeschooling them. Mm. Women were. They're the ones who left their jobs. They're the ones who stopped going into the office, whatever, right? Mm. I mean, they they got stuck with the burden of looking right. after the kids during this pandemic. It's like defaulting into mm. a role that in the past worked. Yeah. We've seen that work. Let's right. do that. Maybe there was a piece of that was like that 
that felt more safe hmm. to do a safer bet to to I guess recess into those mm-hmm. roles. Yeah, and you know, men still make more money on the dollar, mm. so maybe he was pulling in the higher income. Who knows? Or maybe he was saying, I don't know what they do at school. What am I supposed to teach them? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is your dad with the report <laughs> like cards. Like somehow what? she knew what they were supposed yeah. to be teaching them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll teach you how to huck a loogie. <laughs> 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 Sitting in the backyard the whole pandemic. <laughs> That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel, Mom, in terms of like uh, a younger generation like us having these conversations and being more open about it? Do you feel like this overall is like a positive thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No question about and then i think you need to start thinking too of moving like like everybody's very focused on physical health you guys look at you you're buff you work out yeah yeah good on you um mental health is becoming important i think there is a whole sort of spiritual help Mm. health that may be a bit missing i'm not sure you know whether you can can worship at the ai god or something (laughs) you know um so I think that so to broaden out all of who people are, you yeah. Know? But yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good thing to to have the conversation, keep having the conversations, and start moving more in depth in some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough to just be stressed. Well, what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that play itself out for you? You know, mm-hmm. make it more acceptable to talk. Yeah, and it, and it's I think the or one of the pieces that would be cool to see and see how it looks in like, I don't know, 20 years. Like we've talked about how mental health looks like in schools, right? And like how education around that looks. If there could be some sort of formal infrastructure that's made, I don't know how it would work or how it would happen that invites openness at like a level of depth that you're talking about. Because like you, you feel it when someone says something that's actually going on, they give you the details and they tell you really what's happening. That's when you feel this sense of connection. And that comes mm-hmm. back to us talking about community at the beginning of our mm-hmm. conversation today, right? It's like you, you feel that so much more when you get deep enough past that surface yeah. level. But how do you build that out into a formal infrastructure where that's something that could happen in a school? You know, like that's such a, an interesting environment too. Like, to, to think of a classroom, I couldn't imagine like a bunch of kids just sitting around being really open with what they got going on. Like that's a weird concept. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? You know, like how do you make something mm-hmm. like that? But I think it would be cool to see what it looks like in another 20 years, another full generation, you know, and yeah. like what, what is that? Maybe there's some steps like. being made in that, you know. I'm a bit discouraged at the moment because there seems to be backlash to certain things like like trans kids in school mm. and, you know, like, what? You know, like, why are we going backwards in time mm, like this? Mm. You know, there needs to be more acceptance, more acknowledgement get what you're of the journey that they're on, like not shutting them down, not you know, turning against them, um, you know, the, I guess because it's Pride Month, you hear, you know, certain terrible reactions are happening in places, mm-hmm. right? So you can't expect the schools to do all of the social learning mm. as well as the math and everything else, you know? I get what you're saying. Like, like I want them to have an environment that's open, accepting, acknowledging, that lets people express themselves including Mm -hmm. when they're going through difficult mental health kinds of times i mean that that poor young girl amanda todd you know she she was desperate and she didn't get any help along the way you know 
yeah. and even when I was doing those workshops in the schools on suicide, every class, in every class, there was some... My mom one. would go to the, the, the schools and teach. Well, not teach. But you would seminar, run seminars, on, workshops from Chimo. For, on suicide, right? Yeah, and, wow. and every class, there was one, two, three kids that looked totally unconnected to anybody else in the class. And this would be in like February, March. Mm. Like they've been there for six months. Yeah. You know, how is that possible that that they're still not sitting in a group? They're still not talking to other kids? Like what happened? You know, mm. I think for those kids, it's a heck of a long year mm. to, to go into this class and not connected to anybody, right? Mm -hmm. For the ones who are connected, they're blessed. They've got... Um, someone to lean on, to have fun with, to connect with, and hopefully they can connect at some sort of deeper level mm -hmm. at some time, right? But yeah, high school's brutal though. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that plays into like the, the, the nuance that there needs to be to create something that is like a formal infrastructure that allows for mental health to be talked about more openly mm -hmm. is that high school is this fucking beast you know like yeah. it, it, it's well, such they have this the crazy time program I'm sure that's helpful they have the you know the indigenous awareness days when mm -hmm. they're wearing their orange shirts mm -hmm. um all those things help i think they help to make it okay make, to it, talk it allows about it. for awareness yeah. right yeah and into what kind of things people may be struggling with or that yeah. that weigh on one's mind you know and can affect their outlook on life and the way that they are in the classroom you know the way they are socially with their friends or whatever right it can create awareness around that but it's such a it's a, a tricky thing to balance is like how much are you then like you don't want to you don't want to push too hard you get what i'm saying mm. like even when it comes to things like the the fight that broke out in front of that school between the people protesting about what to bring into schools and teach in schools like it, to play devil's advocate, I can, I can understand one side is like, don't, don't push something on, on kids, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you got to create acceptance. So mm -hmm. like seeing something to come back to exactly what we were saying, like just showing up, mm -hmm. you know, and just being present and seeing something consistently can make you accept it, can mm -hmm. make you accept mm -hmm. something. Yes. But then I get how someone can be like, oh, well, is that pushing something? And then does that push my kid to think a certain way? You can't make your kid You can't make a kid thing. gay. You can't make a kid anything yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But it, it, to see both sides, you know, it's like it's, it's this fine line to walk yeah. in a place that is about education where you're supposed to learn the things like math and science and social studies and all this stuff. But then you are supposed to understand how the world works. You're supposed yeah. to get some sense of what the world is. And you need to exists in a place where you have acceptance because when you don't feel accepted, when you don't feel like there is a place for you at the table, that's when you're now faced with mental health problems. And that's when you contemplate things like suicide and you face extreme depression and anxiety and all these things mm -hmm. because you don't feel like you fit. Yeah. So you need more people to feel like they fit, but then you also need to allow them to speak and allow them to say why they don't without then being faced with ridicule and bullying that exists mm -hmm. in those environments. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I don't know how it's going to fucking work, but I, I'm assuming that people are going to get better with this stuff. Yeah, yeah that's a big assumption. Hope. Big assumption, yeah. <laughs> and you can hope. That's the thing. I think you need to be optimistic about it. Yeah. I think yeah. like hope is an important thing in these kinds of scenarios. And it's like thinking about like this podcast wrapping up, you know, and like not not doing these so often. It's like I hope that our audience has taken away a much more positive outlook on life in their own circumstance and their own 
like semblance of mental health and understanding of who mm -hmm. they are, right? It's mm -hmm. like, that's my hope because you would assume positive, you know, assume positively. Yeah. Like my dad always says, keep your hopes high and your expectations low. Boom. <laughs> and then you're good. And no, is your good. dad, is your dad a traditional guy? So he just he's a, pretty traditional. a man's man. Mm. I'd say so. More so. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, uh, He's older too, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but he's um, he's come around. You know, mm -hmm. he's came like like grew up in a traditional family in in the UK as well. So, but he's he's kind of climatized to the west to the west. Mm -hmm. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. So he's, I'm sure he's got his gripes once yeah. in a while. You know, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And we make so many assumptions that this is the way the world is. It's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. It's it's a portion of north america and mm -hmm. we've you know our neighbors to the south we've seen them revert in so many ways oh yeah it's like oh my god but yeah 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 but yes i think that it's important to have the conversation and it can only expand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there may be setbacks at time things sometimes feel like they're going back in time but then you know another two steps forward one step back mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. as long as it's forward progression right yeah yeah, there's um, it's in a J. Cole song. Got to have music in the last episode right. here. Got to have yeah, music. There you go. There's a, it's in a J. Cole song where he's talking about um, he has a conversation with uh, Barack at the time when he was president still, and he was talking about how uh, like seeing as him being a black man now the president of the United States, what's keeping you from helping black people out? And he broke down the issues very clearly and he made it clearly understands like what is in the way of that and what slows down that progress. But the thing that he says is that change is slow, always has been, always will be. And it doesn't matter what you try to push in any direction. It will always be a slow change because you're getting it to ripple across a society. You're not just changing something in your mind. You're changing something in the mind of mm -hmm. every single person around you. And that takes a hell of a lot of time because not every person is going to react to the same message the same way. Right. Right. And sometimes change is slow initially until it hits some sort of mm -hmm. catch uh, point. Yeah. Breaking yeah. point or whatever. And then it's like, whoa, mm -hmm. it's just flipped and now it's just taken off. Right. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. No. Um, I have one more question for you, mom. Yes, honey. And I wanted to, uh, to ask you, I mean, me being your, your only son you're and you're determined and to you're be a favorite. mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Um, my like, my like so many other people <laughs> instead of you. But It's a okay. long list. <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to know, I mean, me starting the podcast, like it's, it's always come from me feeling open. Mm -hmm. feeling like I can be open right and I've I've always felt that with my friends but you have to have learned that somewhere I don't feel that's that's exactly what I'm pointing at is you and it's like I, I don't I can't say that I would have learned that from my friends you know <laughs> so I had to have learned it in the home and you were the only person there so I want to know like <laughs> you learned it from the cat yeah <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a crystal <laughs> She's so I, <laughs> I, I want to know if that was at all deliberate on your part. Do you know if there, if, if you think back in the way that you parented and think back the way that you, you raised me, was there a sense of being deliberate in creating a space where I could be open with you? Was it encouraged or not? Cause like, I don't have memories of like 
being open, you know what I mean? I just know that I feel like I can be. And I wonder if that came from a, a point of you consciously making an effort to create that space. Because as an adult now, I think like I, I could do that. Like I imagine myself if I had a kid, like that would come down to being my choice, mm-hmm. like how I want to raise them and how I want them to feel around me. That's That's going to be deliberate. As a kid, nothing's deliberate. You're just growing up. So I wonder... Um, well, I'd like to say, yes, it was a deliberate, intentional kind of thing. But um, what what came to mind when you said that, it was, at, as you know, at some period of time, I was going to adopt a child. Right? Mm. And you have to fill out all these forms. And they, they you know, so much of the forms seemed to be asking me what kind of parent I thought I was going to be. And I just thought, oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, 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 you're supposed to have analyzed this. You're supposed to be able to identify the kind of parent that you're going to be. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I just was who I was kind of thing, right? And I don't, I don't, there's, to my mind, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in secrecy. But, you know, there can be things that are private, but, but, and sometimes you get them wrong. I was thinking about the Virgin Mobile story. Oh, yeah, tell it by all means. (laughs) You're going to love this career. Right? Sure. <laughs> so he's like in grade four and okay. we're going down to the car because I got to get him to school in the morning, right? And we're walking through the parkades and he says something about Virgin Mobile. And I thought, what the hell are they talking about in grade four? Like virgins on the run or something like that. My mind was just going off, right? And so I thought, well, okay, this is one of those moments, you know, those teachable moments that they talk about. So he's in the back in the car seat, right? Or maybe not in the car seat, but in the back, whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm in the front seat. And so now I'm going to tell him what a virgin is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I start to tell him, I said something about virgin records, but no, that's not what it's about, honey. So, and then I give him this whole explanation of what a virgin is. And he asks a few questions and everything and we're getting cl- we're now driving you know and we're getting closer to school and the, the conversation just sort of came to a sort of natural end so I thought okay we seem to have covered that off okay and just as we're getting to the school he says to me so can I have a cell phone when I'm in grade five I said what the hell are we talking about cell phones for and he said well I asked you for a virgin mobile and you started to talk about sex <laughs> So sometimes I miss the point of the conversation. Yeah. I should have learned from that. What do you mean, honey? Why are you asking me? But anyways, yeah. So, so yeah, good. I guess my interest was in always just being open. Yeah. And, you know, because you have an unusual sort of uh, pedigree, um, mm-hmm. there was no, no way I was going to keep that from you. So we might as well just... Be open about everything. You mm-hmm. can talk to me about whatever you want. Sometimes I think, yeah. like, I can remember once you told me something about going down on the mudflats under the number two row bridge with Sebastian. Oh, yeah. And I thought, do you have to tell me these things? Now I have to worry about you being in the Fraser River. Oh, my God. Why are you telling the, the me The tide had gone out on the river. Okay. And it was like near, it was around the time when the oval was being built. It mm. could be. And we know. were like, there was just mud everywhere. And we walked down there and we started, you could slide in the mud and we were skating. It was me, Seb, and Troy. And Bernardo <laughs> might have even been there too, Seb's younger brother. Boy, oh, yeah. could have been sucked into the river. And well, we were far enough away from the river, but like we grabbed like sticks and we were pretending we were skiing, <laughs> going along these mud trails, like all the way along the, the riverbank. Some things mothers don't need to do. <laughs> I was and telling her just the other day, we went for a walk, and I'm telling her how we used to climb on top of Burnett. There, I showed her the way that you get up. You get up on that box up there. Mothers don't need to know some of those things. They just don't. It's nice that you're open, honey. But don't need to know when your life's in danger. Please don't bother telling me. Yeah. 
So I don't know that it was a deliberate attempt mm-hmm. to be open, but yeah, you were. It was just the two of us. We might yeah. as well talk, whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. When you simplify it like that, you're just mm-hmm. talking, mm-hmm. and it's the is the only people that could talk in the house right so like there's, there's no one to deflect to you couldn't say go talk to daddy you couldn't say go talk to mom it was just me and you i didn't have siblings to talk to and i i absolutely i think that like the dynamic that exists the pedigree that exists in our our family is that allowed this to be what it is and allowed me to be who i am right it, it couldn't be any other way Right, I didn't have siblings. I didn't mm-hmm. have another parent to talk to. It was always just me and you. And good thing we got along, eh? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God. You either talking or you ain't. Yeah, <laughs> it's a damn quiet dinner table <laughs> every night. And uh, it would be interesting to know if that dynamic would be the same with a girl. Mm. If I'd had a daughter, and as mm-hmm. opposed to a son. You I know, know you said you wanted a son. I did. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the squealing of girls. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm talking on the schoolyard. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful that I've had the relationship that I have with you, Mom. And you were I'm, easy, I'm very happy. You were easy. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm glad it was. Yeah. Thank you for being the final guest on the podcast, <laughs> Mom. I will miss your podcast. You know, I, mean, I, I miss told the you podcast. that. You know, I appreciate you able to make your own decisions and your own mm-hmm. choices, but I've enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. I'll miss it because I get to look at you and listen. See to how you. I'm doing. Yeah. Now you'll have to come over more often. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and now Seb's going to be here. Oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> I'll have to adopt another son. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cavs, thanks for doing this with me. Of course, man. For the last couple of years. This room seems different all of a sudden. It does. <laughs> this is nothing now. It means nothing in here. Yeah, I'm happy that you said yes mm-hmm. when I asked you to, to do it. You know? I said yes to the dress. You said yes to the dress. <laughs> yeah, and here we are, walking down the aisle. <laughs> we are. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I feel like I couldn't have done this with, with any of the other friends. It just wouldn't have been the same at all. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that I got to do it with you. I'm proud, I'm proud that of you, you did man. it. I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. It's Thanks. been like, I'm like super impressed, basically, Thank with you, like man. everything. With like the questions, the knowledge, the setup. Even when it's coming out of nowhere. Huh? Even when it's coming out of nowhere, yeah, right out of my ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Super impressive, man. Thanks, man. I'm happy with it, and I hope that our audience has loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that they have. And so everybody listening to this episode, we will miss you. We're glad you came along for the ride. Thank you to all your guests. Thank yeah, you to all my you. guests. All I'm going to record comments. an intro after this, and we'll, we'll say all the thank yous. Yeah, thanks to everybody who was a part of it because in a, in a way they were a part of it too, right? It was it was obviously you need an audience, you yeah. know, and um, I I know that we've helped some people and that means that this was a win, you know, this was worth yeah, the this time. Was successful. This was successful. You never know the influence that you have, right? Yeah. On just one little thing can change somebody's perspective, somebody's life. They remember this when they're you know my age and going, yeah. I remember when. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. And we'll wrap it up there. Mm. There won't be an episode next week, so I won't say see you next week. 
Um, but you can always reach out to us. The Instagram page will still be there. Uh, the podcast will still be there. It's all, it's going to be up on Spotify, Apple podcasts for however long it can stay there. I don't know if they'll ever shut down. <laughs> uh, it'll still be on YouTube for the ones that were on YouTube. Thank you all. Hell of a ride. Hell of a ride. And we will see you around. Thank you. Peace. Good day. <laughs> Good day. That's great. That's great. Okay. That's the end. Oof. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Really?